Ruth Schwenk, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, today we are wrapping up our series on tough questions people ask about Christianity. And in particular today, we're discussing the question, how do I know God really exists? I think if we're all being 100% honest, we probably have asked that question ourselves. So I'm pretty excited to talk about this today. Let's go. On today's episode of Root Like Faith, we are going to get to the heart of it all. I mean, really, all of these other questions we've asked over the last few weeks kind of hinge on this one question. How do I really know that God exists? And this is a tough one. Maybe you've wrestled with God's existence at some point or I would guess you probably have a friend who has. Um, inevitably, I think this is a question, don't you agree, honey, that we face over and over again in yeah, our lifetime? Absolutely. I think you know everybody's wrestled with that. And I think at different times, even as a, as a follower of Jesus, you know, there's those moments that, uh, that of doubt that creep in or mm-hmm. we're, we're wrestling. We, we wish that God was more present or more obvious to us. And so I think it is just a, again, just a really, really sincere question that people ask, whether you're a Christian or not. Yep. And as we've said before, I mean, doubt in and of itself is not a bad thing. It either leads to despair, which is bad, or it leads to greater devotion. Mm. And so I think with each of these questions that, you know, that we're wrestling with or helping somebody else wrestle with, it's just such a reminder that God can use those questions to really further our faith or deepen our faith, continue to root us in Christ. And so it's, and it's good not, to have questions. Right. It's. I was just about to say, it's not bad to ask the questions because yeah. I think sometimes we can feel shame. Yeah, about guilty that. for, yep. yep. So today we're going to be talking specifically about those different proofs or pointers um, to the existence of God. And it, it reminds me of a scripture that I we've read here before, but I want to read it. I want to start out with this scripture because I think it really sets the stage for this topic that we're talking about today. And that is Romans chapter one, verses 18 through 25. So let's start there. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being in birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. And that scripture, I mean, when it says God made it plain to them, that's the that's the um, phrase that just keeps sticking out to me and, that, yeah. and why I wanted to read that because, you know, we're talking about the existence of God today and I feel like that phrase sums it up. God has made it plain to us. Yeah, I love that. I love that passage because it is, it's such a reminder from scripture, of course, that that there are things about the created world 
that are very plain that that point to the reality of a god behind yeah. the cosmos now mm-hmm. maybe just really quickly i think when we're talking about how god reveals himself oftentimes you know systematic theology books or theologians will will distinguish between general revelation and special revelation and all they mean by that is that god has revealed himself in a general way to all of humanity that's a general revelation it's what mm-hmm. you just read romans mm-hmm. 1 where Paul's making that argument that God has revealed himself. He said something about who he is in the cosmos that everybody can know, no matter where they live, no matter you know who they are. There's something about creation itself that is pointing to the reality mm. of a creator. There's enough there that, w- that could motivate um, somebody by his grace to begin seeking out who this God is. That's yeah, to say that could, there's no way that this could just happen. Right. You know? And yeah. then special revelation simply means that, that God reveals himself, though, in, in a unique or special way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we would say that, that God has revealed himself in a general way, but he's also revealed himself in a special way in the scriptures, throughout history, and most fully in the person of Jesus. And mm-hmm. so we just want to say up front that, you know, reason alone isn't enough to come to belief in God, that it's always God's grace that is drawing us to him. You know, he's pursuing us and he, you know, graciously reveals something about who he is through creation. And then in a very gracious way reveals who he is in scripture Mm. and and throughout humanity, of course, in the person of Jesus who comes among us to show us most fully what, what God the father is like. And so it's always an act of God's grace to give us faith Mm. and to bring us to a place of, of saving faith in Jesus and so it is a tough question that, that people ask. Um, it's a sincere question. And yet what you just read is that there are ways that God has made himself known to us, that he graciously wants us to come mm-hmm. to, to faith in him, to believe in him, to walk with him, to experience life that comes mm-hmm. from living in a relationship with him. Yeah, and it reminds me of when, you know, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. and But, you know, I just, I always, I just had this, this hope that there was something more. You know, yeah. and, and I was searching for that. And I feel like, you know, God had made it plain to me that there was something more, that there was a creator. Yeah. And um, it took me a while to figure that out, to who, to figure out who that was, you know, to figure out that was God. Um, but I, I think that that's an example, like real life example in my own life, just knowing that there had to be more. Yeah, I just it, it's I just love hearing story. Like, I always love when you share that story because it's just so so powerful. The guy was pursuing you mm-hmm. and showing you something about who he was long before you called yourself a Christian, long before you knew who Jesus was. Yeah, and I think I've shared on here before that I would literally even write prayers out. Yeah. I was not even crazy. following Christ. <laughs> I don't know. It was just like... I love that. God is good. Yeah, he was calling me. So Yeah, yeah. well, it's, and it's so interesting to me when, too when you hear other... I mean, just, you know, God never reveals himself in the same way. I mean, he, I mean, he reveals himself in similar ways, but, but how God shows himself mm-hmm. is so unique to each of us. He knows exactly what we need. And you, know, you just think about it. I mean, different stories. I mean, I know people that have come to faith because they had a vision. Mm. Uh, they had a dream, you know, that mm-hmm. you hear stories on the mission field. And I've, I've met people. Um, I've met a guy that, that Jesus appeared to him when he was in prison. I was working at the church one day and this guy uh, who was a former Muslim had mm. come to faith in Jesus because while he was in prison, mm. um, Jesus appeared to him in a vision and a dream. You know that like that's the only time that's I've ever heard that. Incredible. Um, and yet you hear stories like that, um, you know, from missionaries, and you know, you know people 
that, you know, they read a verse and it's that verse that the Holy Spirit just uses in a powerful way to bring that person to saving mm-hmm. faith in Jesus. And so there has to be there's, something built in us, right? That we know yeah, that there's that, more. That there is more. And, and again, God graciously pursues us and he's revealing himself to us in different ways through his word, um, you know, through create, I mean, just all sorts of different ways. So I just love mm-hmm. that. You know, there, there's so many different ways that, that God is after us. He's chasing us. He's saying, where are you? Here am I, where are mm-hmm. you? Yeah. And so now I think, you know, with all that said, there, there are, you know, certain, you know, arguments that have been used. And I hate to use that word because we've said before that, you know, nobody gets argued into the kingdom. And, um, but there are certain, you know, uh, pointers or, or proofs that have been used throughout church history. And so let me just read a couple of those that might be helpful. We'll put these in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, one of those is called the cosmological argument. And that just, you know, again, it comes from the word cosmos. It's, it's the idea that, that um, every known thing in the universe has a cause. So you just think mm. about everything that exists. It, it came from something. It had to have a cause. And so therefore, the universe itself must also have a cause. And the cause of such a great universe can only be God. You know, that's the cosmological argument. For a long time, people thought, that the universe was eternal, that was disproved in 1929, considered the greatest, you know, scientific discovery. Um, and, you know, the, the scientists discovered that, no, the universe actually had a beginning. And it seems like, you know, the universe is, is losing energy. And so people reason back or deduce from that, that there was a beginning to the universe. It's not eternal. There mm-hmm. had to be a cause. Why is there a universe to begin with? Why there isn't there any, nothing at all, those kinds of things. That's the cosmological argument. Then there's what's called the teleological argument. It basically focuses on the harmony, order, and design in the universe and argues that its design gives evidence of an intelligent purpose or goal. So you just think about somebody who is honestly wrestling with, you know, does God exist? I mean, one of the ways that one of the ways that that we can look at that is we just look at the incredible design that exists. I mean, take mm. anything that exists. Mm-hmm. I mean, the eyeball alone is extraordinary. (laughs) I mean, you know, DNA or the Mm -hmm. tree. I mean, when you begin to look at the incredible intelligence and purpose and harmony that exists in different created things, they they point to a an intelligent right. And that reminds me of you know we live in Michigan and it is the most glorious time of the entire year right now it's the fall preach it (laughs) it's incredible (laughs) and it's not like i'm new to this area i grew up in this area and i still am in in complete awe at the trees the changing leaves it's just it's unbelievable and i just feel like how can you not i mean how can god not exist this doesn't just happen yeah and that you're you're kind of getting into another which we're not going to talk about today but just the role of beauty Right. In, in the evidence of God mm-hmm. um, based on beauty. I mean, why does a song move us? Right. Why does a good story, what, what is it about those desires that exist within us that get stirred when we hear a song or a good story mm-hmm. or we see the, the colors beginning to change? I mean, beauty in and of itself is something that, that um, is proof yeah. of a beautiful one. Yeah, and stay tuned because we have a, actually a really good episode oh, yeah. with Dr. a John Mark yep, with a That's... special guest coming up. Um, and you'll want to listen to that. Yeah. It's all about beauty. Yep. So those are two, you know, sort of historical arguments for the existence of God. And then one more is the moral argument. Mm-hmm. And I think that this one oftentimes, you know, again, God uses all sorts of different ways to reveal himself to us. And what works for one person might not work for another person. But the moral argument, I think, 
is just a really fascinating one, especially for the the time that we're living in, where there's so much moral outrage in our culture. Mm. But the moral argument is simply, you know, this idea that it argues from from man's sense of right or wrong. And you just think about that, like you know, you know, our daughter babysits for for lots of other kids, and it's fun watching, you know, siblings play, and you know, you see one sibling take until a truck until they're not and, playing, until they're not playing, they're <laughs> fighting. But you know, you see that so until early they're on, like, they've yeah, been completely wrong. Do you took my matchbox truck, and you know, and so you see, I mean, that's C.S. Lewis's argument, right? In mere Christianity, that's one of the reasons he came to faith in God was this. Mm. He, he was trying to reconcile, like, how can there not be a God, and yet how can there be this sense of right and wrong that exists mm. in in the human heart and you see that in young kids and we see it in our own hearts and so that's the moral argument like we have this sense of right and wrong like we know better and again i think that that's what's so fascinating about the culture we're living in i mean there's just so much moral outrage yeah that exists today rightfully so i mean when you look at racial injustice when you look at you know the taking of life the unborn when you look at you know uh, human trafficking I mean, there's mm-hmm. so much darkness and brokenness that's happening. And so you see so many people fighting for what's right. You know, there's this mm. moral outrage uh, against racism. There's moral outrage against abortion. There's moral outrage against trafficking, as there should be. Um, and yet, how do you explain that if there right. is no God? Why are you so upset uh, about that? Why are you that? so upset? And so it's like even those that are fighting for those things, um, there are many who are fighting for those things who don't believe in God's existence, mm-hmm. and yet they can't get away from what is on the inside of them. It's what mm-hmm. you read in Romans one that we know better that on the inside, you know, the Old Testament says, you know, that, that God has placed eternity in our hearts. Mm, I love that, um, and that we have this this conscience that exists within us. Romans chapter two. Um, and so we know better. There is this sense of right and wrong that exists within within us, and the reason that exists is because there really is a objective moral lawgiver. Uh, mm. There really is a God mm-hmm. um, who is the one who says what is right and wrong. There's a God who is just, who is pure, who is holy, who is loving. And, and he has placed that within our hearts and we know it. Mm-hmm. And what you started out with, I, I think is so good. What you see oftentimes within our culture is, um, is a suppression of that truth, a suppression of that reality. Mm. And yet if we're honest, um, you know, we can't get away from that reality. So that's the, the moral yeah. argument. And I, I think th- that argument in particular can be a really compelling one, especially mm-hmm. living in the times that we're living in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just, I think that when you brought up suppressing that, I think that's the issue. It's not necessarily that there isn't enough proof for us to believe in God. It's that we suppress the the proof that is right in front of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I know. I mean, that we have uh, you know just literally touched the surface of could. this, and all of these topics. You know, there have been entire books that have been written mm-hmm. on this, but so there's so much more that could be said. Um, but you know, one of the things I thought this would be a good way to end. One of the things mm-hmm. I love, which I know we've written about this in I can't remember what book it was, but one of the things I love is that when you begin the Bible, when you open up the scriptures, the very first question that's recorded for us in the Bible is not, you know, humanity asking God, where are you? Mm -hmm. But it's God asking us, where are you? Yeah. And I just love that. I think that's such a great reminder that, that, again, that God desires for us to know him and to come into a saving relationship with him through Jesus, through what Jesus has done for us on the cross and God is pursuing us by his grace, mm. and he gives us grace. He gives us grace to respond in faith, to trust in mm-hmm. Jesus. 
And so God, he, he wants to show himself to us. And he is actively pursuing us in a variety of ways. And so for those of us that are listening that maybe have family members or friends, I mean, God is pursuing them. He's chasing after them. He's um, pursuing them through the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit, the scriptures say, is the one that that convicts us of our sin. And so God is on mission in the world. Mm. And so I love that first question, that it's not humanity saying, God, where are you? Do you exist? Right. It's God saying to us, where are you? Uh, where are you at in relation to me? And so I just want to end with that. I think that's mm. such a good reminder that in so many ways, God is is saying, listen, look at all that I've done. Look, look at the many ways that I have revealed myself to you. And so where are you? Mm-hmm. Um, will you come to me? Will you trust in me? Mm. Will you place your faith in what I have done for you? in my son, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's so much that God has done for us. There's so many different ways that he has revealed himself to us. And so there is that element of faith, um, not blind faith, but faith based on the evidence. Mm -hmm. And there is so much evidence that points to the existence of God. Yeah. I love that. So he's saying, where, where are you? Will you believe in him? Will you trust him? And I, I just love that. You know, I think we could probably sum this all up with, um, the simple statement that it takes more faith to believe that no one took nothing and made everything than to believe in the existence of God. So does God exist? Yes. The evidence is all around. If you haven't had a chance to listen to our previous tough questions about Christianity, listen, you have to. Over the last few weeks, we have answered so many questions. A couple of those are, how could a loving God send people to hell? And another one, should faith play a part in politics? And there's a lot more than that. So we would love for you to listen to our series. Um, I've loved it. And are, are our topics, our episodes going to get a little bit lighter down the road? No, yeah, we're going to take a break. We're yeah. going to take a break from the tough questions <laughs> for a little bit. But we are actually planning another series of tough questions because we know, I mean, I'm even, I was even thinking as we have been recording these, a lot of times within the tough question is another tough question. Yeah. Do you yep. know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, there's so many more. That, yeah. <laughs> some of those sub points are like, oh, wow, that could be a whole tough question in and of itself. So we we do love doing this. And so we are going to keep doing these tough question series, but we're going to take a break for now. But make sure that you listen to our past episodes um, and get ready for some series in the future. Well, I think one of the other things we're going to do, too, maybe you mentioned this already. Forgive me if you said this. I, I listen to every word you say, <laughs> but it's possible it's you possible probably that missed I may have it, missed honey. This, but um, we are going to provide some great resources for people that just like they get geeked out about all this stuff. And they're like, mm. oh, I want to read more. I want to learn more about that. You know, there's just so much more than than what we even could talk about. So we are going to list some different resources. Like I just love this area and I'm not an expert by any means, but this area has always been one of my favorite areas to read in, you know, in you apologetics. Guys. And yeah. so church history, that kind church of stuff. Church history. Wait, honey, and I have so, to tell him this. Oh he has... He, I should have just let you close. <laughs> I should have just let you land the plane. Right. Okay. Well, and I love to learn and I love reading books and I, you know, I love to learn and grow and, but he takes it to like a completely different level. He, I, he sits down with these books like on church history that are like thousands of pages. No, that's not and true. And you're not just studying them because you have to, like, you're like, ooh, like it's like exciting <laughs> to you. Well, and there's I, no college football happening but right I, now. So I, no, honey, but actually it is 
what I do appreciate about that, I'll bring this to a good, this is a good thing, honey. Okay. What I appreciate about it is that I get all the cliff notes. That's so true. So there is so much I have learned because then, true. so not only does he read it, he has to tell me then everything that he finds very interesting, <laughs> which is good. because I get somebody that cares. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you're listening and you you like that, to just let me know. Like, just DM me on Instagram and just tell me that this that matters, you're not alone. That I'm not alone. That would that would warm my soul. But anyway, where I was going with that was that we'll add some of those um, resources, some of the books that I found helpful over the years. And um, so we'll include those in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. Um, And especially with these tough questions, we will make sure that we have resources listed in the show notes for you to further reference. Because like even today's topic, we could have talked about so much more. Like what I love about resources too, like I'm just thinking about one of the gentlemen that we met early on when we moved to Ann Arbor who I bought, um, you know, Tim Keller has a great book. Uh, called The Reason for God. Mm, and, um, yeah. and I went over to Barnes and Noble and bought a copy of that, wrote him a note and took it over to him uh, to where he works. And so resources like that too, like, you know, it's intimidating sometimes, you know, as you're getting questions like this and you're trying to remember, okay, wait a minute, what, what, what is it that I believe again? And sometimes it's just really helpful to go, you know what, I have a great book that I want to recommend to you. And so we'll include those. And some of those just are great books to give to a, a friend that's sincerely mm. trying to answer some of these difficult questions. Yeah, because it can be really hard. And, and not that you're going to remember everything from those books. No, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't. No, but you can have a highlighter and it just really helps, I think. I mean, I think we all need to be informed and understanding of all of these issues because like you were sharing towards the beginning of this episode, remember, I mean, in the clubhouse of when we lived in that apartment building and you all of a sudden found yourself in a conversation with these people who were asking about, you know, the existence of God. Like you just never know when God, that, that's not an accident. Yep. You never know when God is going to open the door for you to share your faith. And so I think it's always helpful to have yourself um, equipped and prepared to answer the best you can um, the questions that will come along. Wow, what a great conversation today. As you know, if you've been joining us every week, each week we walk away with a key idea. Now, this is our main takeaway summing up what we've talked about. So today's key idea is it takes more faith to believe that no one took nothing and made everything than to believe in the existence of God. We will also be sure to put that key idea in the show notes as well as anything else we referenced at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. And you can find us on Instagram. And please remember to DM Pat if you like reading thousands and thousands of pages about church history. He won't feel alone then. (laughs) Um, So find us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwenk and at Ruth Schwenk or on Facebook. And as if we don't say it enough already, we're thrilled you're joining us. And we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. If you enjoyed the show today, would you be so kind to leave us a review or rating? That really is a big help to us as we spread the word about Root Like Faith, and we are so, so grateful for your help.